Hey fam, this is your girl Jenny Sushi. I had the opportunity to get a phone interview with pro boxer Heather the Heat Hardy. She has an upcoming fight with Amanda Serrano. It's being dubbed the Women's Boxing Super Fight, streaming live on DAZN Friday, September the 13th. Event is going to be at Madison Square Garden in the Hulu Theater. Now, the ladies both have similar stories. They're both from Brooklyn, they're single mothers, and they're both coming off an MMA bout. In the interview, we get to talk about her reasons on why she went to MMA and why she is back with boxing, life with her 15-year-old daughter, training schedule at Gleason's, and her hopes for the future in boxing. Well, Heather has been instrumental in changing boxing for women. You know, She's been very vocal in getting women's boxing on national TV, and she's basically opening doors for future female boxers. Um, one of the questions I had for her in the interview was about, you know, two minute rounds versus three minute rounds. And should they change that? And she said, it should change. Yes, we should be doing all the things the boys are, including getting that damn money. Okay, hello. Hi. Okay, perfect. Okay, so let's just get started. Um, some of the questions are, so real quick, uh, what was your favorite job before becoming a pro boxer? My favorite job. I used to work down on the Bowery as a secretary in a lighting store with a whole bunch of, like, interior designers and um, really, like, met my first family there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how long did you work there for? Close to 10 years. Okay. Um, uh, what is the weirdest thing a fan has ever done for you? A fan? I had one guy... Who, he did, like, custom prints and, and frames and stuff. And one day, he came in from, like, Ohio, like, five-foot-tall, life-size heat picture. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, God damn, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> so he, he came in and gave it to you personally? Yeah, he gave it to me personally. He was in New York for, like, a big convention at the Javits Center, and um, invited me down to see it on display, and it was awesome. It's in my living room now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. How did it make you feel? So, hold on. Where was it on display? At the Javits Center. They had, like, a convention. Oh, wow. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, again, and um, what got you into boxing? You know, what made you decide, you know, that you love this? You know, this is what I'm going to do. You know, because boxing is no joke. It's a dangerous sport. Sure. Um, well, I I was in the middle of a divorce, and my little sister got me a gift certificate to try, like, this karate school. And it was the first time I was 28. I ever put gloves on my hands, and the instructor was like, hey, you want to try fighting? Like, three weeks into my training. So you want to try? So I was like, okay. And I had my first fight, and I won. And it was, like, the first time in my life I ever felt like I was good at something. So I kind of just stay stuck with it. Okay, so hold on. Your your sister got you into it. You're three weeks in, and then your instructor was like, "Hey, do you want to fight?" Is that how you yeah. got into it? That's wow, totally how it works. So when did you? Okay, so you had a fight, but you were only like a month into it, and that mm-hmm. was it. Okay. So, yeah, I read somewhere in the beginning of your career, you know, you live in a gym. I don't know, maybe it's the same gym that you, you started at, but um, you didn't have a place to stay, and you sent your daughter to live with your family. Like, um, how did you stay strong, and how did you motivate yourself to uh, continue fighting or continue boxing? 
Well, I'd already invested so much. I was already getting ready. I was between my first and second fight when Hurricane Sandy hit my old neighborhood and kind of left me homeless and left my whole neighborhood, like, without a place to live. Like, it leveled my whole neighborhood. So my mom was living in the church basement. I was working out of the gym. I had to stay at the gym. And, I mean, like, when you're a mama... You just don't think about how am I going to do this. You just do it. One day goes into the next and you get the job done. So I knew I had to stick with my career. I had to be at work to make money. I had to get ready and focus on my fight and win. And, you know, like I said, when you're a mom, you just have to do all the things. It's not optional. Right. So how long were you living at the gym and how long did that take you to get, I mean, were you there before you could get out of that situation? It was probably three to four weeks before my old neighborhood got power back and okay. we could start um, putting our houses and stuff back together. So I would say it was about three weeks. Okay. So not that long. No, not too long. My mom my mom was in, um, was in the church probably for about a year while her house was being rebuilt. I wound up just moving out of the neighborhood and getting a different apartment. Okay. Wow. Um, now, your daughter, do you allow her to watch any of your fights? Does she get excited or does she get more worried for you before a fight? Um, she gets neither. She gets neither. She, I always invite her to the fights, but uh-huh. you know she's fifteen. It's like kids don't care what their mama does, so she's extremely unimpressed by my career. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so her, I mean, I think that you're like an icon. But are any of her girlfriends like you know uh, starstruck when they see you, or are they just are they at that age where they really just don't care? Uh, they're at that age where they really just don't care. You know, I'm like someone's mom. I'm just not cool. And, you know, sometimes they'll come in and, like, I live in a very small one-bedroom apartment, so I have, like, a whole corner dedicated to, like, memorabilia, like trophy cases, all my belts, uh-huh. five-foot-tall photo, you know, and, like, her <laughs> friends will come in and be like, why does this look like a boxing museum? And my daughter will have to tell them, like, that's all my mama stuff. <laughs> that's so funny. Now, um, what is one of your proudest moments in your career? you have any good short stories to share? Yeah, I think um, when I won nationals, my the 2011 U.S. nationals, I was only boxing for like 11 months and kind of went out there as total underdog. All these girls were fighting for so long, and I went five days, fought five days in a row. I beat up all the girls, and I won, and got to come back to the gym ranked number one in the country. And this is at a time when I really didn't believe in myself. So to have that kind of validation that, like, yeah, you are pretty good, you know. I mean, for Shelly and I to have our first televised fight on PBC, Uh Al Heyman is is very vocal about not supporting women's boxing. So I always took real pride in the fact that I did a lot of things on PBC, a lot of the first female ever that I was able to break down those doors. And, um, of course, winning my WBO world title. You know, Gleason's is probably the biggest boxing gym in the country and um, the most storied boxing gym. And any world champion who trains there gets their own banner. So when I got to hang my banner, knowing that it will hang in Gleason's forever, one of the proudest Uh moments of my career, for sure. Wow. Congratulations. That's huge. Um, What what a lot of people don't see, you know, is, is is all the hard work, you know, that you put in the gym. You know, it's relentless hard work. Um, can you tell us a little about a bit about what your training schedule is like? Um, well, basically, my day starts at the gym because 
I, I work also, I work as a full-time trainer at Gleason's, I have clients, so I'm in the gym at 6 a.m. It's usually noon before I even see outside, because between training and then boom, I go right into training. Um, usually from 6 to 12, I go straight through between clients and my own training, and then I'm back in the gym usually from like 2 to 5, training a second session with different coaches doing road work, so that comes after or sometimes in between. I train, cross-train at a conditioning place in Queens three days a week, so it's, like, very, very busy. And this is just for boxing. When I was in MMA, it was even harder, even worse. Wow. Okay, so you're also uh, training clients while you train for the uh, for your upcoming fight? Yeah. I have to. Like, this money doesn't pay the same as the boys make. You know, like, like if you're a male world champion, you're making six figures every time you step in the ring. And it's like, them boys can go away for eight weeks and just forget about it. Like, like Juan Guzman, who is um, a multiple world champion, um, a former world champion, he talks about how, you know, he would go to camp and people would tell him when to sleep, when to eat, when to wake up. His whole life was training because his whole right. job was to win the fight. I got to right. be a mom. I got to check homework, cook dinner, do laundry, because I'm not making the kind of money where I can just float off and just win the fight, you know? Right, right. God, that's a lot. I didn't even. I didn't have. I had no idea that you were going through that. I thought like like most like you know male boxers, they're just there and then they're just focusing only on training. I didn't know you're doing all the extra. Um, no. Yeah, they, I'm not even making six figures for this fight, and this is being called one of the biggest matches in women's boxing like ever. Yeah, they're, <laughs> you yeah, know? they're yeah they're calling it the women's boxing super fight. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm not yeah. even making six figures. I can't retire off this. <laughs> so, Wow. So you've been very vocal about, you know, women's boxing, you know, not being televised. Uh, do you feel, Devel, you know, Devella has, has done great, you know, a job exposing you? You know, getting, I mean, I know your fight right now is going to be under zone, which is one of the bigger platforms. Um, mm-hmm. But can you, can you just tell me more about what you're going through? the struggle that you're going through trying to get yourself on TV? Well, the problem for a really long time before there was DAZN and before the girls were, you know, allowed in the Olympics, you have to remember 2012 was the first time that women were ever allowed to box in the Olympics. So you're seeing this kind of surge in women's boxing. It's only because some of these girls competed in the Olympics and made their way out and, you know, were attracted to promoters like Clarissa Shields, Michaela Meyer, Nicola mm-hmm. Adams, Katie Taylor, you know, these are the girls making a lot of money. There were right. some of us who couldn't box in the Olympics who were, like, coming up from the bottom trying to, like, make our own names like myself. And I was really fortunate to have someone like Lou DeBella who told me from the beginning, like, look, kid, if you can sell tickets, I'll put you on my show. And at the time when I turned pro in 2012, no promoters were letting women box. I mean, there were world champions at Gleason's who would box once a year and have to go to, you know, you know, no, I, I know a girl who went to North Korea to fight. Like, no joke. Like, you could only leave the country to get a fight as a woman prior to, like, 2010. So the fact oh. that Lou always opened up a spot, you know, not to say, like, he was the one who got us on TV. He was kind of like, well, I'll give you a platform, see what you can do with it. And, yeah. you know, I'm very grateful for that because not other promoters weren't doing that. Right. 
Cam, um, so because of that and the small pay and the lack of televised fights, you know, you went to MMA um, and you yeah. had your fights. Uh, do you notice a difference after that? You know, what, what do those fights do for you as far as exposure? Well, they have so much more coverage. My okay. um, my MMA fights were all, you know, on Spice TV, which is now Time Warner. I, I don't even know what the name of the channel is. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have to fact check that. <laughs> but they, they were all televised. So all my yeah. fights were on the main card. And Bellator is a group of really young guys and young people promoting, using social media and using the platforms to show the public who they're who's on their roster, you know, fighting. So my social media went through the roof because every time I would fight, they would do so much stuff for me. I remember the first time they came to New York for my pro debut for MMA. They um, called me because I had some press events. So I'm like, oh, what time do I have to be there? And they were like, oh, no, honey, we're going to send you a car. And I almost... Oh, wow. I was like, they're going to what? Yeah. (laughs) Baby, we're going to send you a car. I remember they came to New York. They gave me a freaking hotel room. They gave me, like, comps for food. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I never <laughs> got treated like that before. But the exposure that I got was really uh-huh. why I crossed over there, you know. And then it paid off because now a lot of people know who I am. And a lot of people want to see me on this fight, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, what do you like better, boxing or MMA? Well, I always say, like, Boxing is like a bad boyfriend, you know, like boxing is like <laughs> a guy that you, you've been with your whole life. He's like, he's like Jenny and Forrest Gump, you know, just like a real degenerate, no money, always using you, only comes around when he wants something, always making promises, letting you down. But you take him back, you know, because you love him. And like MMA is that new guy you meet who has a good job and a nice car and takes you on vacation and pays for dinner, but you're just not feeling it, you know? Yeah, but you're still thinking about your your ex-boyfriend. Or the, or you're still you know. going back to your ex, and that's kind of what was happening to me, you know? Like, I yeah. had these MMA fights, but all I wanted to do was go in the gym and ask a girl if I could get some boxing sparring, and my coaches would be like, no, don't you dare do it. We have to focus, you know? But uh-huh. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. So your weight, you know, your weight division is one twenty six. Uh, is what is your regular walking around weight? Do you have to cut a lot of weight, or is that pretty close to where you're at right now? Well, I'm close there now because okay. now I'm going to fight in two weeks. But I mean, I usually float around the hundreds. When I was first starting out, I used to fight at one twenty six. Excuse okay. me, I fought at one twenty two. And I would walk around at like 130 pounds, you know. But as time and age and your body starts wearing down, uh, my resting body weight goes up and up and up if I don't watch it. So, I mean, I've had fight camps where I've started out like 146. Oh, wow. Can't get, you know, like just having to cut a... Uh-huh. Yeah, mm. just as a woman, you know, like me, myself, my, you know, my weight fluctuates while, you know, my hormones change during the month. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just, yeah. you know, you know, what do you do to prepare yourself, you know, during that time of the month? You know, you're going to gain some water weight. Like, what do you do before weighing it? I mean, is, is that a really good question? I mean, sometimes there's nothing you can do, honestly. Like, I've had, I've probably missed weight about five or six times in my career. Maybe oh. three times because of lack of planning. Right, okay. like not planning properly for where I was in weight. Um, okay. But I had one morning I woke up for a weigh-in, 
when I fought Noemi Vasquez for the second time, I'll never forget this. I woke up, my period was like two weeks late. I was freaking out the whole camp. And uh-huh. I woke up the morning of weigh-in. I got my period. I gained like five pounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I'm like, what are you supposed to do, right? So, like, I had to go to a sauna. And, I mean, it was like jumping jacks and jumping rope in a steam room in a plastic suit for, like, three hours. And I, I couldn't get three pounds off. I, I only got half of it off. And I remember going there, like, crying, sobbing, dry tears. Like, I can't do anything about it. And then part of the thing was I had to weigh in the next day. Uh-huh. They were like, you can't pass 131 pounds or whatever it was, right? Like, I think I was supposed to fight her at 122, or uh-huh. I was supposed to fight her at 125, and I weighed in at, like, 127 or something. And the right. next day, I was, like, three pounds less. <laughs> oh, okay. The next day, I wound up weighing in on weight, but they already took my whole purse. It's like, sometimes it's not even what your body is. It's like your body's like, nope, we're not letting go of that water this time. Yeah. Okay, and there's another thing that I, you know, another thing, a womanly thing that I've always wondered about. You know, you're during a fight, you know, a guy wears that, you know, the protective padding over their groin or a cup, you know, so he's still always to protect his body, his face, you know, his his groin area is really protected. Now, with you, you're fighting, and are you getting hit in the breast area? And that's got to be painful. Do you wear special padding? Or are you wrapped? Are you taped to protect yourself? I mean, some people do, but I'm an A cup, so uh-huh. <laughs> it really don't bother me so much. My body but is really designed to be a fighter. I don't care what size you are; it's still gonna hurt. It's tender. I no? mean, yes and no. I mean, not to say it hurts any more or less than getting punched in the face. Okay. I, okay. You know? I don't know. How, <laughs> I don't know how that feels. <laughs> okay. All right. Hmm. Now, your upcoming fight with Amanda, um, so your fight with Amanda will be on the zone. It's, it's going to be one of the biggest platforms for boxing. Um, how does that make you feel? You know, you've been fighting um, for been very vocal about this. Like we said earlier, they're calling it the women's box, uh, boxing super fight. It's going to be huge. Yeah, it is going to be big, and I'm really excited to be fighting on the zone. This is going to be my first fight in my career where I'm the underdog, and I'm really not, um, you know, anybody's favorite to win. So I'm really, really excited about that. I've, um, people really underestimate that I've been fighting my way from the bottom up my whole life. That <laughs> yeah. I think this is my first time being underdog. I've been fighting my way, clawing my way up for a long time, so I'm really familiar with it. Um, it's exciting to fight on the zone. But I'm one of the fortunate ones. You know, I'm one of the lucky girls. I got to fight on PBC, on NBC, on on HBO. You know, I was one of only two female fights ever on HBO. So, yeah, I fought on the zone for Bellator, you know, for MMA. So it's, it's, it's a really exciting platform that more and more females are getting exposure through. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I think, you know, uh, you know, you're very influential. You're inspiring, you're inspiring women and girls are everywhere. You know, you're literally changing the way the world sees women. You know, you inspired mm-hmm. me when I wasn't in a really great place. So, you know, I just want to thank you, you know, for being that change we need to see. Oh, uh, thanks. I think it's, I think it's everybody's responsibility with the microphone, you know, to talk about how you get where you are, you know, how, what kind of thinking it takes to get where you are to motivate people. Yeah. So, um, from your perspective, can anyone really call themselves a top female boxer? 
yet? Are we there yet? You think? Yeah. I mean, look, a lot of people criticize Clarissa for calling herself the greatest woman of all time, but she's yeah. right. Nobody has the accolades she has. I don't have two gold medals. I don't. Ha- I'm not, I haven't unified a division. I'm not bouncing between divisions. You know, she's such a young woman. Yeah. I think so that to to classify yourself as great comes from within you. Anybody can say they're great. I can say I'm great, and who the hell is anyone else to say I'm not? You know. See, you know that's what I love about you. Like, you know, I follow you on <sighs> on Twitter. You're very, you know, you're. You're you're a girl's girl. You're always supporting women. You're all about women's empowerment. That's, you know, it's very cool, and that's not the case with a lot of girls. But I, I love seeing that, especially with um with Amanda Serrano. I see that on, on Instagram you're posting pictures together. You're both from Brooklyn. Um, you know, it, it still makes it an exciting fight. Everybody feels like they have to like uh, talk shit or you know, cause yeah. problem just to have a fight make people watch. But actually, it's a little different here. I, I love that there's like you know girl supporting girls here yeah um, because it's like you know g- generally they they make like society has made women feel like like we can only be good one of us there can only be one female that's good at a time you know you had ronda rousey who was headlining for the ufc and it was it was almost as if to say nobody is as good as her and now you look at the ufc and there are tons of girls who are just kicking ass and taking the spotlight and I mean, right. that's right. the example we need to follow. We don't have to fight each other. We should be fighting them for only giving us one goddamn spot. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. And that's how women have to feel. Like, it's not, just, it's, it's not enough to just empower women. Women have to feel like they're powerful. We make up half of this world. You understand? There are, we make up half of this world. We shouldn't be getting bullied so much. When women recognize their power and their strength, that's when changes happen. When you realize, like, you know what? I don't have to put up with that. That's not right. Answer that question. Why are you doing this to me? Every woman needs to feel that strong. Yeah, it's it's crazy how, you know, there's a, I mean, girl on girl hate is real. Besides, yeah. fight, you know, other guys, or, you know, you, you know, you're in a situation where, you know, male-dominated industry you're already fighting the dudes now you got to fight women too so it's it's yeah. nice to see that you and amanda you're cool right now you guys can take pictures together but of course when you get in that ring it's going to be a different story but i i like that you guys are supporting each other girls can do that yeah so after this fight what's next for you well, I never look past an opponent. Amanda's one of the most dangerous female fighters out there right now. And that's not me talking out of respect. That's me talking out of facts. So to even look at what's next. But I will say that the contract specifically states that the winner of this fight gets Katie Taylor. And that's a six-figure paycheck. So you know my ass is hustling for some tuition money. My kid's <laughs> going to be in college in a couple of years. So I got a little extra incentive to keep my belt. Right, right. I mean... Plus, she's at one. She at one thirty six. What? 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 Uh, yeah, what she's that? at one thirty five. One thirty five. Okay, one thirty five. So you're gonna have to move up in weight. Okay, I know. I know you don't want to talk about that yet because you want to look at Amanda first. We're gonna focus mm-hmm. on that. But that that would be an amazing fight. That would be something yeah. to watch. Yeah. Two Irish girls going at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be amazing. All right. Okay. So before I let you go, real quick. Um, if you could invite three people to dinner, you know, to a sushi dinner, who would you choose, dead or alive? Um, 
Oprah. Okay. Michelle Obama. Nice. Dead or Alive and Maya yeah. Angelou. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate your time and thank you so much for speaking with me. And, you know, I wish Thanks, you the best. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. All right, bye. All right, darling. Bye-bye.